0: Hey, hey! It's been a long time since we last met. I am Chris Estrampti. Forgot my last name. Or first. This is Across College Lacrosse, my podcast for college lacrosse. And I think the last time we just, we were on this show was December, when I was at the IMLCA convention with Richie Moran, Andy Copeland, Sean Nadalin, and Mark Zoltanik. And I haven't really gotten a chance, to be quite honest, to you know, do a podcast recently, been busy with stuff at ESPN, as you might know, I work at ESPN, doing a lot of hockey, highlights, and now boxing with Max Kellerman's new boxing show, Max on Boxing, so I wanted to at least get back into the podcast game a little bit, especially with lacrosse, and back in the summer, I think the plan was for me to make this an interview-based podcast, just interviewing people, but... With work, my new job. It kind of has my schedule flip-flopped a lot of ways, and now with the season going on, I wasn't expecting me working on boxing until two weeks ago when I found out I was working on boxing. I love it, and now my hours are changing, whatever, so, you know, just pretty much trying to find a way to keep doing stuff for the lacrosse community, so I think what I'm going to be doing will be Right now, as the producer and the host of this podcast, maybe get another guy to come in and host with me. Also, at least try to get some interviews, because I think the main thing in lacrosse is we need to story tell a lot more about a lot of these players, a lot of these coaches. There are stories to be told, and it just needs someone to tell them. So, you know, I've recently on the website collegecross.com, I've written about Danny Tesler and his number 82, why he's wearing it for this season, uh, it's a very good story, and maybe he might be our first guy on to discuss, you know, why he's wearing that number, and what about Cleveland State that interested him, and a few other things, o- along with discussing what's happening this weekend, which we'll get to in a little bit, and maybe a big idea, something different. Now, working on shows for the past few weeks and months has opened my eyes into actually seeing how to really produce a show and how to make a lot of... Make it make a show worth something and make it for, so that people can keep watching or listening to the show and come back for more each week or each day, whatever. Depending on what show it is, if it's daily one, seasonal one, if it's a weekly one. So that's what I want to do with this show. I want to make it you know, kind of something with college lacrosse for the week. Maybe even add a little bit of pro stuff later on. But mainly, we'll stick with college lacrosse right now because we are in college lacrosse season. It is February the 15th, which when we'll be dropping this. And we're really into week two of college lacrosse season. Week one, if you include the Ivy Leagues. The Ivy Leagues are starting. A lot of the America East teams are starting up again this season on Saturday and Friday. Only team that isn't is Cornell. I don't know why, but they will be playing, I believe, next week against Hobart. But after that, it'll be all 73 teams playing Division I lacrosse. I will like to at least get some input with Division II guys, LIU Post and Merrimack. And by the way, speaking of Division II, shout out to Davenport in Michigan, announcing on Thursday they would be moving from the MCLA to NCAA Division II, becoming the only Division II lacrosse program in Michigan which is big for the Division II level and big for the sport, as it always is. Another school going to NCAA level. Speaking of which, there's a lot of teams, a lot of schools that are, you know, thinking about adding the men's lacrosse. I know a few of them, maybe later on I get the get a chance to at least throw them out somewhere, maybe for a future episode. But I'm a little bit talking a little bit too much. And I do want to say this, shout out to Scott Hensley. I had a talk with him yes, uh, yesterday about, you know... What he thought about my podcast. And, you know, he's an occasional listener. He liked the interviews. So that's what I want to try to get more interviews. And, you know, shout out to him for at least just motivating me to get back on the grind, even though it wasn't really, might not be motivation, but he motivated me at least to just get back to doing this. So we will do that right about now. And we will preview the big game, the big one, the big show. And in my eyes, it is the one on ESPN 3 later on ESPN, U. and it is Loyola and Johns Hopkins, 2 o'clock, Homewood Field, Quint, Clark, Anish, the gang, starting up the season for ESPN College Lacrosse, which I am, as you might know already, a part of on the production side this year. Um, a quick reminder on that, there is a preview show on the 23rd, a Utah special later on, We'll hopefully find out probably around March. We'll see. Um, but it was a fun journey to go over there and maybe even talk to Utah guys later on this season. But anyways, with this game, Loyola, big win on Saturday against Virginia. Pat Spencer did Pat Spencer things. I mentioned on our college crosscast, he's kind of like the cake boss. You know, instead of the cake boss saying, you can't arrest me, I'm the cake boss. It's kind of like Pat Spencer at attack. And he's pretty much saying, you can't stop me, I'm Pat Spencer. And you kind of can't. Five goals, two assists, first game. Virginia's defense, a little bit more discussion later on possibly. Not the best. And they're not really the strongest defensive unit in the country. But it's still, a, they still have some good guys. Kevin Lindley was the biggest benefactor from Pat Spencer's day. He had five goals as well as the Greyhounds. Stomped the Cavaliers. Johns Hopkins on the other hand, they were the ones that got stomped. They lost to Towson, and a team that looked phenomenal in Towson, midseason form, defensively, and 17 goals on offense. Brendan Sunday with six. Kobe Smith, the defenseman, he was on my all-week-one all team Almost Sunday, had uh, two goals and an assist. Alex Woodall had a goal and two assists. This, that team, it is week one, and obviously we're going to be overreacting on week one, but they look really good. And I would take that result over maybe, say, a Colgate, Syracuse, or a Duke losing to high point result that happened that time that week, last week too. I think Towson is a little bit more built as a better program. They have the guys, they have the coaches. Now, I'm not saying, now I don't want to disrespect Colgate and High Point. They both have great coaches. Matt Carrick from Notre Dame and John Torpy, a really good guy at High Point. But also, Towson was in the Final Four two years ago. They are led by really good coaches. Sean Adelin is one of the better coaches, and he's a, luckily, I can tell say, he's a friend of this program. But, anyways, back to the game we are previewing. Johns Hopkins needs to win here. Obviously, I think every team needs a win, but you don't want to be 0-2 Johns Hopkins, and then next week you are going to be going to North Carolina to take on the Heels, who are somehow 2-0. Well, not somehow. They're, they're 2-0. I don't want to, they beat Mercer, and they beat Furman. They have Harvard this week. After that, that'll be a big matchup down in Chapel Hill. Following that, you have Princeton, who some people think will be good. I think they will be a good team. They have Michael Sowers, but the thing is, what can the other guys do? I don't think this that Princeton team can just be Michael Sowers and that's it. They got to be, they got to need a lot more help there, and then Syracuse. But if you're Hopkins, a lot of concerns. You didn't see a lot of Cole Williams most of the game, especially earlier on. Uh, Joey Epstein had a goal and an assist, good for him. Ryan Darby played well in goal. Uh... Kyle Prouty didn't have a good day, but again, he's 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 facing Alex Waddle, one of the I'd say top three, five at least top three. I think top three faceoff men in the country. You have T.D. Erlen who's playing this week for the first time as a Yale Bulldog. Gerard Arceri at Penn State doing a really good job, and then Waddle. I think those are the top three guys, and then. You know, Kyle Proudy is going to be facing barely Savio. Not Alex Woodall, by far. Not by a lot. But it'll be a challenge. It's a rivalry game. I know Loyola, along with her offense, has a very good defense. Cam Wyers had a great game as a freshman. That's not a lot of people talking about Cam Wyers' performance against Michael Krause. Only limiting him to one goal, one assist. He's a freshman. He came from believe Navy Prep, I don't know if he was going to... I think he was going to go to Navy, if I'm correct on that statement. Uh, he would have been a... He's a great... He's a good defenseman. He helps the loss of Foster Huggins, Ryder Harkins, even Matt Hughes, who went down with a... Pretty much, what I've heard, a season-ending injury. Uh, would have been a starting defenseman. You know, but according to Loyola's SID, he is out for a significant amount of time. That could mean he could be back. Who knows? We all thought with Brad Smith... He was going to be off for an indefinite amount of time, and he's now playing at attack, starting. But if you're going to be Johns Hopkins, you need that offense going. You need that defense. The defense needs to get going a little bit too. Transition game, need to stop that if you're Hopkins. And you saw what happened with Loyola. I mean, excuse me, Towson last week. They dominated for the most part. And as for Loyola, feed the ball to Spencer. Pat Foley, my guess, will be on Pat, uh, Pat Spencer. Owen Colwell and Jack Rapine as the other two defensemen. You got Kevin Lindley and Aiden Olmstead, Alex McGovern, a converted, a converted midfielder. He used to be an attackman. Also a threat there, John Duffy. This is a very good Loyola team. And with Jacob Stover in goal, I would think Loyola has the early edge. And I did pick them to beat Johns Hopkins. Other games... As well on this weekend, they all start Friday. There are now five, count them, five, not four, now five games. And that tell those Towson Tigers are playing Mount St. Mary's in a Maryland matchup, 3 p.m. NEC front row. An hour later in New York, Wagner, new helmets, taking on Lafayette in a battle of first-year coaches yet again for Wagner. Second game in three meetings that they will have a battle of first-year head coaches. And both of these head coaches now have wins. Bill McCutcheon, in his head coaching debut, defeated Jim Mitchell at Bellarmine in overtime to get his first win. And last week, Pat Myers of Lafayette defeated NGIT for his first career head coaching win. Now, it'll be the battle for number two between those two teams. And then the one that got moved from Saturday to Friday, 5 o'clock, ACC Network Extra, Lehigh, is at Virginia, and Lehigh needs help on scoring three goals. Two of them coming from Mickey Fitzpatrick last week against Hofstra, and they lost Uh, 4-3. Not an enjoyable game, unless you like, I guess, defense. Lehigh needs Andrew Pettit. He's been out for undisclosed reasons per Lehigh SID, per IL. I don't know if he plays. If he does, that will certainly help Lehigh. If he doesn't, that doesn't help Lehigh whatsoever. And they need scoring because if you know Virginia, they will score. It wasn't, you know, they only scored, I believe, eight goals last week against Loyola. Not double digits, but I definitely think they could. Luke, uh, James Spence will have a test at hand against Ian Laviano, Matt Moore, and Michael Krause, along with Doc Zakin and others, and Mikey Herring at midfield. And then for Lehigh, you just need to find ways Mickey Fitzpatrick, excuse me, Mickey Fitzpatrick is good, Tristan Ray needs to get involved, Lucas Spence needs to get involved as well. Bunch of these guys on Lee. I need you to get involved, and then because Craig Chick can do a, can do not a, can do as much as he can. Eddie Buhol is probably their number one defender, even though Craig Chick gets all the accolades as a cost turnovers guy. Eddie Buhol is their top defenseman, and then Matt Rymel, Rat that would be a nice name for an Instagram account. Matt Rymel is their third defenseman. Also, happy hour lacrosse. We are back to happy hour lacrosse. Hallelujah. These two games at 7 o'clock, I'm interested in watching. I'll probably watch both of them. Marquette-Jacksonville, 7 o'clock. I had a lot of things. I thought Jacksonville would be really good this year, or at least contending for the SoCon. Right now, they're 0-2, but those two losses are to Detroit Mercy and to Duke. The UDM one, they almost came back late. Duke is Duke. Makes sense. Marquette started out good 1 0, played Bellerman. Jury's still on on them. Also, also, 7 o'clock, and I think this would have been the game of the night. UMBC, with their season beginning and their nice defense, taking on Navy, who had a fantastic game last week against Vermont. Grayson Terrain, five goals, one assist. Ryan Wade, a goal, and five assists. Christian Daniel, two and two at attack. Those guys were scoring, and I thought personally for some reason they weren't going to be good with the shot clock. I was wrong, completely wrong. Uh, shout out to Ryan Wellner, the associate head coach at Navy. Uh, maybe he listened to my podcast. Maybe he listened to the College Crosscast. Uh, he probably listened, and he probably, you know, told the guys that, you know, I said those things, and they fired back, and good for them. Uh Bigger test, I think, with UNBC, mainly with their defense. We know their killer B defense is great. Best scoring defense in the country last year in terms of goals goals against team defensive on a team defensive basis. Offense, they need some help. Luckily, they have all three attackmen back from a year ago. They were hurt in March. They were all three of them were out in March. So they at least they get a little bit more they get the, that firepower back if it is firepower. But, you know, I thought, you know, a, t- a, a very defensive team like Towson broke out for 17 goals. A very defensive team like UMBC, could they break out for like 16 or 15 goals? We'll see. We weren't expecting that from Towson. I wasn't expecting a lot of scoring from Towson. We could be experiencing the same thing with UMBC and Ryan Moran's crew. Saturday games. Bellarmine, Cleveland State, 11 o'clock. Denver-Duke also at 11 o'clock. Furman, Sacred Heart, 11 o'clock. That game is at Radnor High School in Radnor, PA. Denver-Duke back for a second. Duke, we know about what happened last week. They lost a high point, but they also beat Jacksonville. And that was after a kind of a rough first half. Second half was a lot better for the Blue Devils. And, you know, guys like Joey Manown has been rolling. Especially in that high-point game where I believe he had four goals and an assist. Uh, you also have Jake Sail there. Joe Robertson is going to be their, their uh, top attackman there with the loss of uh, Justin Gutterding. And My guess is he's going to be, with Brad Smith not hurt, Robertson by the way had five goals and an assist, Smith had two assists. He's going to be that that quarterback guy and maybe it could have been Smith if he was healthy or his, his foot was healthy. We don't know even. He could his foot could still be healthy. Brian Smith at the Faceoff Vex, two goals, 17 of 23 with 14 GBs against Jacksonville. He will face off against a relatively new character to the college across scene. His name is Brett Booz. Have you heard of Brett Booz? You should hear Brett Booz. Had a good day against Air Force last week. The freshman from Colorado, I believe it was Parker, Colorado, I'm correct. Went 15 and 19. He had only four ground balls, but still good enough. Parker, Colorado went to Chaparral High School. I might have I probably butchered that name. So apologies to his alma mater in Colorado. 15-19. Again, not a lot of ground balls. Denver got 31 ground balls in the day. Air Force got 22. Uh, Matt Neufeldt, take note of him. Three GBs and a call turnover. He's that grad transfer from Maryland. Uh, a little flew under the radar over in the fall. but uh, That's going to be a big addition for the Pioneers. And again, they're replaying at 9 a.m. body clock time. They probably flew over maybe to on Thursday. They probably, If they if they didn't fly over on Thursday, they'll probably fly over on Friday and practice at Duke. But they should be used to this a little bit as well. I think they've had some 11 a.m. games in the past, especially at UNC, I remember. I think that might have been one a few years ago at Chapel Hill. The Noon O'Clock Games, Dartmouth BU on Patriot League Network, Ocean State Cup matchup in Rhode Island. We have Providence at Bryant, noon o'clock on NAC Front Row. Providence won last year's Ocean State Cup, and I believe that was their first ever time they won the Ocean State Cup. They looked to defend it, something they have never done against Bryant, who lost 9-6 to last week against Bucknell. Providence, I believe they beat Holy Cross after losing by one to BU two weeks ago to start the season. High Point is back after an, a very impressive win over Duke. They play Drexel. They have a short turnaround as I'm, and, and so does Virginia, but they have a little bit longer now with that extra day or one less day to prepare for Lehigh. Both of those teams, Virginia and High Point, play each other in Charlottesville on Monday. In Monday night or twilight or Monday night happy hour lacrosse in Charlottesville. High points game against Drexel, noon on Dragons TV. Robert Morris, Georgetown, lost a little bit of his luster because Robert Morris got crushed by Penn State, 27-10. to Still a good game. Noon o'clock, Hoya Vision in D.C., which should be still a good game. I mean, granted, even though Robert Morris got crushed... They still have some good guys, Tyson Gibson at the midfield especially, and also uh, Yepsin, Cooper Yepsin, or Carter Yepsin, or both of them, I think, are on that team, and especially their goalie, Alex Heger. Other games at noon. We have Harvard, North Carolina at Chapel Hill on ACC Network Extra. First game for Harvard as the Ivy League's all start. Another game that probably one of the bigger ones now on the radar: Army West Point at Rutgers at noon on BTM+. Plus. Rutgers a little bit struggling against St. John's last week. They were down about four, if I'm correct, late in the or midway through the fourth quarter. They came back and they won by three. So a late run there by the Scarlet Knights. Karen Mullins at nine point six and three. Ben Pounds made 15 saves in goals as a freshman. He might not be playing because Max Edelman, who has been out for a a minor injury, should be ready to go. Rutgers hopes he's ready to go per IL on Saturday for that big matchup against Army. It'll be Edelman. On the other end, it'll be A.J. Barreto. He made 17 saves and an overtime win over UMass last week. And Brandon Nickturns. Shout out to him. Four goals, three assists. He didn't even start. And they had another... Army had another attackman. Uh, Another attackman who's a freshman who had a very good game as well. Four goals. Um, Name is blanking right now as I look at the box score. The man's name, Miles Silva. Four goals uh, for Silva. He's also a freshman. Jordan Nate Jones and Sean O'Brien. They each had one assist. And again, Nick turned four goals and three assists. So maybe he might get some time at starting attack. I would think so. would make a lot of sense if he did. Penn State, Stony Brook on AmericaEast.TV. Penn State, if you missed out on Penn State's first two games, you did because they were all in Hull of a unless you were at State College. You will finally be able to see Penn State play lacrosse. This week for free against a a Stony Brook team that I've heard might be a contender at least for the race in the America East, depending on how Albany does. Maybe even how Vermont's doing their one and one Could Stony Brook be that dark horse and sneak up in that America East race? Speaking of Vermont, they have Holy Cross at noon also in their home opener, AmericaEast.tv. Manhattan takes on VMI to close out the noon slate and we go to 1 o'clock games. Colgate, Binghamton. Colgate very looked very, very good against Syracuse last week. Matt Carwick, John Crawley, Chris Cooper. I like their coaching staff. Carwick and, and Crawley came from Notre Dame. Crawley was a Hopkins player. Carwick knows Central New York very well. So does Chris Cooper. He went to Binghamton, or he was the coach at Binghamton. He knows kind of that Central New York upstate area very well. They could be a, a, a good team in the next few years in the Patriot League. And I like their talent. Even last year, when they had uh, Mike Murphy as head coach. It's guys like Sam Cleveland, Griffin Brown, and Mike Hawkins. I believe they had the last, they had two of the last three Patriot League rookies of the year. I don't think Hawkins won it last year. I could be wrong on that assessment. Um, Hawkins, they had Sam Cleveland, they had Griffin Brown. A lot of good young guys on that team. Nicky Petkovic, senior and goalie Colin, Connor Mullen. Uh, again, young guys, good talented guys. They can recruit. It's a it's a surprisingly good team or a surprisingly good program that recruits well. And Binghamton, United, it's not the best of. It's they haven't had the best of off seasons. They had an assistant coach, coach in Scott Mullen, I believe who was picked up from Mount St. Mary's, and then later on somehow he left in the middle of the fall. Scott Meehan, excuse me, that's who it was. Scott Meehan, and then became the assistant coach at St. Joe's for their offense. So something might be brought up there. I don't know exactly, but Upstate battle, Colgate, Binghamton, and one. Rhode Island battle as well, or no, New England battle, Quinnipiac, against Brown at 1 o'clock on ESPN+. St. Joe's at Fairfield, also at 1 on Facebook Live, on Fairfield's Facebook Live. St. John's at Hartford on AmericaEast.tv. Canisius Mercer on the SoCon Digital Network. Delaware NJIT on the Highlander Sports Network. Hobart CN at 1. Uh, and then other games of interest. Utah Hofstra at 1 on Pride Productions. Now that'll be a, that could be a, a difficult kind of game for both teams both teams came off good wins big wins utah first ever win against mercer first ever win as a division 1 program they could be a little bit high on themselves Hofstra, 4-3 win over lehigh also could be a little bit high on themselves they had a they, they had a 3-1 fourth quarter and that's how they won that game a little bit on that upside upset side maybe a little bit riding high on themselves but again saturday utah's first Trip out east should be something special. Can't wait to see them. Shout out to Coach Brian Holman, Will Manny, Marcus Holman, Adam Gentleman, the entire team. I know them very well. Happy to see them won last week. Hopefully they can win more games too throughout the year. Princeton Monmouth in the Battle of Jersey at Monmouth. I saw Monmouth back in mid-January when they were just starting to scrimmage or late January, I think, when they were just about to start the scrimmage. Uh, Sacred Heart, they were just a week, and they didn't have some other guys as well, but they looked strong to start, and then that's when the the rust began to show. But they did provide a little bit of of glimmer for that team. Princeton, we know about Mike Sowers. We know about Phillip Robertson. We know about Chris Brown, George Bonan. They have some guys. Can they produce, can they push themselves to that that next level and, be, and return back to the Patri- the Ivy League tournament and also potentially back to the NCAA tournament. One guy I do want to mention, J.D. Nozmack had a fantastic game. I think he had two or three goals in that first quarter in that scrimmage for the Hawks. Maybe he gets some time. He should get some time based on what I saw against that, in that early January scrimmage. Penn and their really tough RPI begin their season against Maryland on ESPN Plus. We know about Penn; they have a tough schedule. Maybe some of the maybe last year they didn't have the best of losses. St. Joe's, a few others. They can avoid that and get some strong wins. They should be in the hunt for a uh, tournament spot, at least in the NCAA tournament, and definitely in the Ivy League tournament. Ohio State, UMass on LSN. A good battle between teams that are kind of evenly matched. I would think Ohio State is 2-0. They've had a little bit of difficulties. Cleveland State, they let BU back in it late in the second half last week. Defense might be an issue. They started freshman Skyler Walland in goal last week after starting Josh Kirson Two weeks ago against Cleveland State, Walland went 38 minutes, 36 seconds, gave up 8 goals, made 8 saves. Kirsten came in, gave up 2 goals, 3 saves in 1934. Maybe Kirsten's back in net for this week against the Minutemen who, again, they just needed 1 second to force overtime thanks to Chris Connolly's goal. They'll be a tough team to play. They just wish they were 1-0 instead of 0-1. Jack tosinski watch out for him for the Buckeyes 5 goals. Trey LeClaire, as a lot of people know, is their big guy at attack. He's listed as at attack. Four goals and one assist. He's wearing number 44 this year. Jack Dusinski's at midfield, by the way. Also, at 1 o'clock, the final 1 o'clock game, the defending national champion, Yale Bulldogs, taking on Villanova and New Haven. It'll be their first game with TD Ireland, first game without Ben Reeves. We'll see how the new-look Yale Bulldogs do. I think they should be fine against the Wildcats, unlike last year where they lost in overtime in Dallas. Couple 2 o'clock games outside of Loyola Hopkins. Marist Air Force on Mountain West Network. Hampton Potomac State College of West Virginia University, also known as PSC, They're a JUCO school. Hampton's first game, 2 o'clock. I just hope that we see some more progress out of Hampton. And this is where, uh, this is the podcast where you get some Hampton talk. They're in their fourth year, and usually I give them the four-year bump. But they took off one Division One opponent. I want to make sure, I want to, I hope, and I hope, and I think everyone hopes that they do well this year and in the future. But you kind of want to be, if you want to be a little critical of them, I'd like to see maybe some growth in that program in the fact that they schedule more division one opponents. That also means Division one opponents have to schedule them, have to be creative find dates, and they might just do midweek games, and that's tough. But also, they have some guys. they've They've produced some guys, Tarver Brothers, for the most part. Those are the notable ones. If you follow college across, if you're a lax rat, you know the Tarver Brothers, Josh and John used to be on Harvard. I mean on on uh, Hampton for the past two years. They're now at Mercer. Josh, I believe the goalie, is one of their top goalies along with Bradley Hodeval. John is one of their midfielders. And they're getting some time over there. They can they can ball. And I'm pretty sure Hampton has some ballers. Matter of fact, I do know that they do. Another good lax rack game. Richmond-Bucknell won't be streamed as of now. They probably could change. I'm shocked that they're not streaming it unless weather's an issue, 2 o'clock at Bucknell. If you're out there, go to that game. Good game. Richmond played Maryland well. Scored five goals in the fourth quarter. Made it a one-goal game late. Uh, Maryland just got away with that game. 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock and a 7.30 to end the Saturday games. Albany-Syracuse, Mercy, notre Dame. Both games on ACC Network Extra. I have a lot of things to say about Syracuse. Uh, they need a win. Albany would like to start off with a win. Second year in the Rove, they beat Syracuse in the Dome. And I know next year, I think they are discussing about putting that game in Albany. Which might lead me to my, my final thing for this season opening show. And it's weird, because Syracuse lost Tucker Dordovic. Doesn't really have a lot of returns, a lot of their bodies from a year ago. Attack nearly stays the same outside of Brandon Bombary. Brad Voigt, third attackman. Griffin Cook also playing an attack. And midfield, second midfield, line, second line midfield, fourth attackman. I'm shocked I didn't see Owen Seabald last week for the Orange. I thought he would be at least a fourth or fifth attackman, depending on what they did with Cook. Midfield stays the same outside of David Lipka being in for Tucker Dornovic, and Lipka was a second line middie. Second line middies. Or Lucas Quinn, Cook. And then you can also also throw in Matt Magnin. I'm shocked I didn't see Jacob Buttermore there either. Maybe even throw some Pat Carlin if they're interested in that. And then after that, I think the biggest weakness on the Syracuse team, not faceoffs, and I think it's more of the 50-50 ground balls if you're going to criticize faceoffs at the the short-stick d so You have four guys. Let's count them all, right? Andrew Helmer, Peter Dirth, Grant Murphy, and Brett Barlow. Three of the four are former LSM's. And Andrew Helmer still plays LSM, or long pole on main down. The other one is Peter Dirth. He's a very athletic midfielder. He was an offensive midfielder last year, starting midfielder. Then he got bumped down to second line midi. Then he bumped, got bumped down all the way to defense. Could be a good transition threat. Could be a good scorer too. Um, but you don't really have a pure short stick D midi, And those second line and those second pairing D midis did not have the best of games. Grant Murphy and Brett Barlow. And the biggest one that if you wanted to that went viral was Barlow ducking on a shot by I believe Griffin Brown that hit a right corner. Drake Porter and the closed D's are good. The long poles are phenomenal. But when you have a guy like Brendan Curry that's a top player, and Brett Kennedy's second, calls for concern, I guess, in my opinion, for them. And then Albany, obviously we know about who they are. Tehoka, Tehoka Coke, Jacob Patterson. Who is their third attackman? I have heard really good things about this Corey Yunker kit from nearby Albany area. And it's like one of their like their gems. There's also Mitch Laffin. There's also Davis Diamond. There's also uh I hate the, uh, his his name is McComer. I don't want to pronounce his first name because it's such a tough name to pronounce. I will give it a shot anyways. Teo Shantahe. McComer. Might have gotten it right. But either way, they have some guys that I know that are just names. i I I, I I'm if I'm a if I am telling you something, watch Yunker. Watch number 11. If he gets out there anytime during time in, in the game, he might be doing something for Albany. He might help them out in some way. He might not. But I, from what I've heard from people that I know that are close to the Albany program, Yunker's a very good talent. And finally, 7.30 is Detroit Mercy, Notre Dame, Last year, Detroit Mercy gave them a game in their, first, in their first meeting, of in Notre Dame's first regular season game of the year. And then Notre Dame came back and won. Now Notre Dame does not have Ryder Garnsey. How does Notre Dame's offense look without Ryder Garnsey and in the shot clock era and with new offensive coordinator Neil Hutchinson? Is it the same? Is it different? Who is going to be their, their initiator? Who does replace Ryder Garnsey? Do we see Connor Moran in there? Do we see anybody else in there? A lot of these questions might get answered or we might have more questions. That's the beauty of lacrosse. And then the Monday game, High Point, Virginia, 4 o'clock on ACC Network Extra. And then finally, I wanted to do something different. I want to do a little one big thing type of, type of end of segment. And it's on when we play these games, when we play a lot of these games. And it's mainly Saturday, right? I, I feel like from noon till 4, there's a bevy of games, and you can pick one or two depending on how many screens you have or how savvy you are whatever, and there's a lot of Saturdays and that's it. There's not a Saturday, and I, like to, I would love to have Saturday nightly cross. That'd be a great thing, but I think there's one other thing that might be even better than that. It's a Thursday night game or at least a day where you have a national, where you have a large audience right at your right looking at your game, right looking at your program or two, Being on TV, having uh, having the coverage, having like a national televised game of the week, Thursday night game of the week. And Thursday night I think is better than a Tuesday night, better than a Wednesday night. It's an early start to the weekend. And I've talked and I actually think had had asked this question on Twitter before and a lot of people said, thir- a lot of the younger kids that I know have said Thursday would be a great day and I kind of would agree with that. It's an, As I mentioned, early start of the weekend, not a lot of student athletes pl- have classes on Fridays so you can skip a Thursday or skip a Wednesday, skip a Thursday, play your game and it happens with basketball and it happens with football too, so it's not the end of the world. Catch up on your work I I think it would be a fantastic idea. Gets more games on TV, possibly. It at least gets more people's attention. And I feel like Thursday is like a good little kickstart your weekend kind of thing. And why not kickstart your weekend with more lacrosse? I see it as something that oh, I hope, and I surely hope, happens in the next five years. And I spy Thursday as a day where... College lacrosse can reign supreme, especially later on in the season. Maybe not February, maybe you start in March or mid-March. But once that, once the season, you know, gets into full swing, you have some of these bigger games. Maybe it might hurt conferences, and maybe conferences don't want to play each other on a Thursday. But maybe at least to start out, have some of these non-con games, and it's happening this year: Loyola, Duke, March seventh. Thursday, happy birthday, but my dad. Then we'll see how the that'll be like a first little mini test, and I think we should see more games be played on Thursday in front of a big national audience for the lacrosse world to see, and have everyone's eyes spotted on. Make it like a make it like Sunday night football, but for lacrosse. You know, make it make it your night. Thursday night is lacrosse night or college lacrosse night. Boom. With that, it feels back. It feels great to be back, and I hope I can get some guests on next week to discuss, you know, their stories and also to talk about their season and the rest of the slate for next week. So be on the lookout. Follow me on Twitter at cfdstremsky. Follow College Cross on Twitter at college underscore cross. Like us on Facebook, Eh. Instagram as well. Don't like. Don't follow me on Instagram unless you do. It's fine with me. Don't like me, don't friend me on Facebook either. Uh, We will see you on the other side. Take care, everybody.